Every Arizona homeowner's happy place, Saturday morning, it's Rosie on the house. If you haven't done it already, shake off the night, the day is dawn, comb your hair, brush your teeth, pour your second cup of coffee, and strap on your tool belt, because we got a lot of stuff we got to get done. And you can join the conversation and ask us any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin, and let us put our 48 years of Arizona home building and remodeling experience to work for you. Join the conversation by dialing one 767 4348 one rosie 4 u R-O-S-I-E, the number 4, and the letter U. If you're a regular subscriber to our email newsletter, you'll know in this hour we've got some special guests in studio, Peter and Chris Brown, owners of Same Day Garage Service. Guys, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday morning and joining us here in studio. Good morning, Rosie. Man, oh man. A new certified partner to Rosie on the House, Same Day Garage Service. But you're not new to the business, and you're not new to Rosie on the House. That's true. We worked for a larger company in the past who was a Rosie partner, and now now we've uh, we've grown up, and we are the Rosie partner. Got uh, got uh, the entrepreneurial itchy feet. Started your own company, and congratulations. Thank you. Y'all y'all birthed same day when back in uh, 2016. Yeah. Actually, uh, I started with a. One truck and a shelf in my garage. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. You're shortchanging the story. <laughs> That's right. It was my shelf. <laughs> no. Well, <clears throat> your profession prior to that was quite interesting. And as the family grew, it was like, all right, I need something a little more steady. Talk about prior to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit in me. Uh, my father and grandfather owned their own businesses as well. Um, I was in real estate for a while doing different investment deals and somewhere along the way I, I picked up the game of poker and I uh, was supporting my family playing poker uh, up until the point to where we actually had a child and at that time I was talking with my wife and we decided you know what might want to get something that's a little bit more secure <laughs> so I actually went out and looked at ads for jobs and I stumbled across one for a garage door and I thought, you know, I'm mechanically inclined. I could do that. So I applied and got the job. And then uh, after working there for a number of years and learning the business, I had ideas of my own that I could put in and decided to start my own. That's a great story. You know, there's a lot of contractors that would tell you contracting is more dangerous gambling than a poker game. <laughs> I would believe that. <laughs> oh, man. So, same-day garage door service, uh, newly certified by Rosie on House. We really appreciate you guys joining the uh, network. We want to talk about that largest architectural feature on the majority of Arizona homes, from no gallus to page. It's right there on the front. It's right there on the front. The overhead garage door. What do you want to know about it? Well, we know all about it. Uh, you know, we. <laughs> what, uh, what do I need to know about it? You, you, what, you, you, when a homeowner calls you, you know, what's the most important steps that you ha- that you start your ag, uh, your inter- 
education process with. So, you know, most homeowners don't call us. Until it's broken. Until it's not <laughs> working right. And at that point, we gotta we have to uh, treat them right, go out there, figure out what's wrong with it, and uh, give them some solutions that, you know, they can afford and that they want to do. Well, the garage doors come a long way. I mean, you've got the old knee knockers. You know? <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> yep. Can't park too close to those. Yeah, I can't we call, park we call, too close. To we call them chin busters because oh, when you ch- change okay. the spring, you have to kind of pull it up towards your chin, and if you slip, you kind of yeah. knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah, it's like an uppercut from Mike Tyson, right? <laughs> Boom. I, I'll never forget going out to a woman's house that she wanted a kitchen remodel. And when I knocked on her front door, the garage door went up, and she was on a ladder with a screwdriver going into that receiver of the overhead door spring and pulling it down and pulling the pin. I said, Tammy, get away get away from it. You're wow. about ready to knock yourself off that ladder onto the ground. Just you know, get off of that. That's not for you to do. But uh, the overhead garage door spring is one of the things that we'll talk a little bit. There's a lot of parts to the overhead garage door as opposed to the old chin knocker knee knocker style that was one piece yeah that you lifted and she kind of slid up and out of the way That's then right. then we graduated to the sectionals yeah sectional doors are much smoother and safer give you a little more parking space and and they were all skinny steel hot furnaces mm-hmm. right they, they uh to they, begin with they keep the uh the spring line away from anywhere where it might hurt somebody yeah because they move to a torsional system where the springs are wound around something instead of stretched out so they're they're much safer to have in your house and you get a lot more options you know you're insulated in your style and, yes. and the, the the weight of it it can handle a lot more uh, totally yes. you, you can hand with with torsional systems you can handle up to a thousand pound doors easily so when was the last time you guys were called to service a single panel garage door Probably within the last week yeah <laughs> they, they're, they're still, still out, out there, there. They're still there. They're they are they are Let's talk about some of the components that a homeowner needs to know about because, uh, you know, they push the button. They just want it to work. They want it up. They want it down. They want it secure. We're talking about, you know, let's talk about the rollers. Uh, the rollers could be uh, plastic. They could be nylon. They could be steel. You have a- rollers are the most overlooked part of the whole sectional door system. Uh, you, you want a door that moves smoothly. So in addition to having a good, correct spring that balances the door, you have to have good rollers that allow the door to move without friction, without making noise, without sticking. What what roller material do you like? So uh, you have a really nice sealed bearing with a with a really high quality bearing and a nylon tire on the outside. Uh, now rollers, you don't lube the the tire or the track system. You 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 want a little bit of friction on the outside of the tire so that way the roller rolls. <laughs> You don't want sliders. You want rollers. Okay, all right. Yeah, I've been in, through some houses where the whole track system was greased up and kind of related to trying to drive a vehicle through mud. Yeah, or a sheet of ice. Okay. Well, that that's good to know. So you don't lubricate your tracks. Don't lubricate the track or the the round part of the rollers, the wheels. Don't, don't lube those. Okay. But you like the uh, ball bearing nylon tire. Correct. And there's a lot, there's different qualities of ball bearings. So you have to make sure you have one that's sealed, it's pre-lubricated, and it's never going to have to be addressed. Uh, they'll typically outlast the house uh, if you have the high-quality roller. 
All right, so you've got the rollers. Then you've got the spring that we've talked about mm-hmm. that runs over the over over the header of the opening of the garage door. That's right. Uh, that's what's doing all the lifting. Like um, in in many of the semi custom and custom homes we work in, we uh, we're operating in a house that's got uh, you know a, a, a solid wood door, a little bit better insulated, and it may have a decorative veneer. Where we're working on one right now. The veneer, they, they took a standard door and then veneered Lawan mahogany in a decorative pattern. Right. I got to believe one of those panels, nine foot uh, wide, one of those panels, just one of the panels has to be 150 or 160 pounds. Right. So you're talking a nine foot wide door, you're, yeah. a wood overlay door. You're probably talking in the neighborhood of 300 to 400 pounds for that door. I can imagine that. So... How big an operator do I need on that mama? So, uh, believe it or not, your your uh, your standard top tier residential motor can handle about four hundred and fifty pounds. So, okay. on a on a small nine foot wide door, you're fine using the the higher quality residential motors. Now, if you have a double wide door, are we looking like a? I mean, they they come by horsepower. Yeah, they they do generally. Yeah, uh, half horsepower or okay. th- three quarter horsepower is about the standard. Okay. And then how do you like to retrieve that door on a chain or a belt or a, a coil? Well, uh, we only carry belt drive motors on our, on our service trucks because they're quieter. The belts are cleaner. They don't require any lube. Uh, and, and they have a lifetime warranty to the original purchaser, so there's no reason not to use them. You know, going back to something you said about horsepower and that heavy door of yours, yes. there's a misconception that the – operator is what actually lifts the door up and it's really the springs that do the the heavy lifting um, and the springs can be calibrated depending on the weight of the door and the size of the door so the you can really look at it as two systems you have your door with the sections and the spring system and you can literally lift that by hand and it shouldn't to your hand feel any heavier than not like you're lifting 300 pounds no it should li- <laughs> like you're lifting a gallon of milk right yeah. maybe even less uh, and then you have an operator that actually moves it up and down for you in place of your hand it's, it's more of a luxury the the operator itself does not do the heavy lifting and a, and a good operator and i want to talk a little bit about security features as well uh in those operators uh you ought to have an operator that's capable of opening and closing a garage door six to eight to ten times a day for 20 years yeah so the average life of a motor is 10 to 15 years okay and that's typically because of deferred maintenance and the doors (laughs) getting out of out of shape and then you know the motor has to do a lot more work than it's designed to do Uh, but it'll do it for for a few years now there was a time and and we're not going to have time to cover it right now but when we get back i want to talk a little bit about the security of how do I how do I make sure someone else can't gain that radio frequency to open and close my garage door? Uh, how can I keep? How can I know that once that door is closed, my house is secure? Well, they're a lot safer now than they used to be. Amen. I want to talk about that. We'll have to do it right after this short break. We're here with the boys from same day garage door service you can join the conversation by dialing one 767 4348 my garage door opener is so wonderful 
press a little button and that activates the garage door opener yeah it's so simple why don't we have one for our front door or even the door from inside the garage into the house you know you I've, got thought, your I've thought about repurposing a motor to do that but <laughs> one we, of those days we actually installed an overhead garage door operator to remove the ceiling off of a master bedroom. They could lay in bed, push a button, and the ceiling would roll back away, <laughs> opening opening the bedroom to the sky. Well, wow. if you like the stars it, that much. It was pretty cool. It. it was pretty cool. The architect was George Christensen. That was a that was a really cool house. I don't have a garage, but I have a garage door motor that operates the chute for roping. Mm-hmm. And it opens <laughs> and closes the chute because it works on that uh, chain drive. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about security because they've certainly made some big advances in what the original overhead operators were. They, yeah. That we, we were, we, there was actually technology where you could walk a neighborhood while everyone was leaving for work and literally be stealing the radio frequency codes as you had this code interceptor in your back pocket. And it looked like you were walking your dog. It looked you like You can't it. do that anymore. Yeah. Talk right. about it. So, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they had simple codes. You had a, a bank of switches. You could flip the switches and maybe even randomly find the code to your neighbor's house. But now, almost every manufacturer uses, uh, like, multi-million channel uh, encryption. So each remote control has its own connection with a motor, and, and it's it's nearly impossible to clone. Yeah, I can remember when LiftMaster came out with their Security Plus, and yep. it, it would dial... A different code every single time you push the button. Two so you couldn't. million codes. Two million options. Yeah. That you just could never duplicate. So it lost the opportunity. Now, I've seen, tell me about this. And we didn't practice this question. So this is a surprise question for you guys. I've actually seen a, a police officer use the release cord on the door mm-hmm. from outside the garage door. Yeah. With a fish tape. To get in the garage. That is possible. What do we do about that? So the motor has to be mounted, to, to attached to the door in the correct spot to make it more difficult. A lot of times the, the little arm that comes down from the motor will be too low on the sec- top section, and it's easy to move that section out of the, pl- out of the way. Yes. Um, generally, uh, a garage door can be penetrated. In, in that fashion. And, yeah. uh, I tell Pete, I, I cut those cords off. You can take the cord off. And then I give them a, a four-foot, uh, one-inch dowel rod uh-huh. with a teacup hook screwed into the end. And I tell them, look, just hang this beside the door. And if you ever need to get out, that teacup hook goes in that little hole, pull it down, boom, you're, and you're out. We, we do like to leave the cords on there because okay. it's got to be quick to access in the case of a fire. You're getting out of the house. Good point. Okay. You spoke about LiftMaster. Some of their products actually come with a automatic deadbolt so when the door closes a, a, an actual bolt will penetrate the track so the door cannot be lifted up i like a, that very good product i've got manual locks on mine that if jennifer and i are going to leave for the weekend mm-hmm. we'll manual lock the doors and then go out the, the front door works the same way except automatically i love that and that's that's a particular brand that does that or it's across several brands a couple of brands have it but uh liftmaster's elite motors uh and Shaft-mounted motors carry them. Okay. What else would we need to know about door security? I, I, 
We, we mentioned in the article a little bit about window and light in the garage doors. Um, I've, I've recommended to people for a long time, let's not make it transparent glass. Let's not make it something you can see through. Mm-hmm. So uh, yep. most of the time, the windows come transparent. So if you want to add a little more security and maybe cut some of the peeping peeping out, you got to put a film on the inside of it. And most tint companies will come out to your home and tint the window for you. Yeah, we put we put glass garage doors on mm-hmm. a on a home, and they moved in, and I don't think they were in that house six months before he'd been through two big old golf bags. That's that's terrible. <laughs> Well, he wanted everybody to see his Lamborghini, you know. So uh, we we ended up going back and having to tint all of that so it wasn't completely see-through. So you've got the garage door. We've talked about the one piece. We've talked about the sectional. Sectional originally was a single uh, metal. Then we went dual-pane metal. Then we in started insulating them, and we've got the wood. The garage door opener lifting a wood is a spring function and it is increasing wear and tear on that motor now springs do wear out over time so springs have a cycle life to them so they're good for a certain amount of times up and down when they get to the end of that cycle life they start to lose their strength and then they break so eventually every spring is going to break matter of fact that's one of the main repairs that we do are replacing the springs okay how, how, how big a job is that? You send a guy out to repair springs, he's done in an hour or half a day? Most of those repairs can be done in less than an hour. They can be. Yes. Now, I, go ahead. That's not a typical do-it-yourself. There's a lot of tension. Uh, well, people I mean, try. <laughs> and then we see, you know, hospital pictures afterwards of what their hands and noses look like from trying uh, it's definitely something I would not recommend doing on your own. Uh, there is an extreme amount of tension on those cables and the springs. And, uh, you know, a little bit of knowledge can get you in big trouble. Now, we can do a lot here at Rosie on the House, but we can't stop the clock. That music indicates bottom of the hour news. We'll continue talking our way through the garage door. And any question you might have. Join the conversation at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE4U. You. you can also text questions to 411-923. I've got a ladder on my rack and lots of extra track. Some folks say i got the garage door knack. It's what he likes to do because of his thing. There ain't no door that I can't hang. Kick it up now, boys. Kick it up. Right here, Rosie on the house. Talking about what probably is the largest architectural feature on the front of a great majority of Arizona homes, the overhead garage door. You can change the overhead garage door and literally change the look of the entire house. We're here with Peter and Chris Brown, owners of Same Day Garage Service. Peter, tell us a little bit about uh, what, what is Same Day Service. What's your, what's your DNA? What are you made of? Well, going back to when I first got started with a single truck and uh, a little shelf in my garage, one thing I focused on was quality of work and customer service. <clears throat> you know, this led to good reviews, and good reviews led to more jobs, and this little positive loop is what got us to where we're at today. 
Um, it was important for us to maintain that same quality as we grew and to have our employees represent us in the same way. Matter of fact, uh, outside my office, I have a little deposit box where the technicians will come in and drop off the customer payments. And above that safe is a little sign, a quote by Ray Dalio that says, money is the byproduct of excellence, not the goal. A little reminder that if we strive for excellence in customer service and the quality that we do that, you know, the money will follow. And we've tried to grow the company slowly on purpose so that we don't lose track of that quality and vision. You know, we're not perfect. Occasionally we'll get somebody in who, who doesn't see eye to eye with us and we'll have to let them go. But a little bit comes from uh, comes from a dirty little secret in the industry. Oh, right? there's, a, there's a dirty little secret in your industry. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, and that yeah, is... There's one in every industry. <laughs> and this is true for most uh, service-based industries, but that's... That in the technicians, in some part of their pay, is based on commission. So what that means is the more they sell, the more they make. So we've heard stories, you know. Oh, yeah. You go into a, a nice neighborhood, all of a sudden the price goes up. You know, they, they meet a little old lady who maybe doesn't have knowledge of how the product works, so they, they sell her something that she doesn't need. And it was important for, for this not to happen within our company. One of the first things we did was we made sure to have set pricing. So no matter where you went in the valley or what technician showed up at your house, it'd be the same price. And we did a lot of research on this, and, you know, we're not the cheapest. We're not the most expensive. We placed ourselves right in the middle. But another thing that we did is we came up with a division in the company called the Customer Happiness Team. I love it. We basically call every customer from the previous day and run through a series of questions with them. Did you feel pressure from the technician? How would you rate your experience? You know, similar questions like that. And from these uh, phone calls, we're able to book quality control visits where we'll go out and actually check the work that was done by the technician to make sure that our technicians live up to the values that we've set. Matter of fact, I'd like to give a shout out, and okay. I can end my rant with this, okay. to our customer happiness team, Jason and Billy. Jason does the phone calls to the customers and Billy goes and does the quality control checks, and he's, he's an absolute superstar. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. Well, we were tickled to death when you all indicated your interest in, uh, in uh, joining the Roselle Now team because we knew behind the scenes what kind of reputation you were out there carving in the industry. So, again, welcome aboard. Romy, you brought him on board, what, about 90 days ago? Uh, who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a few days. Yeah, it, probably a little longer than that. And just got a great uh, feedback yesterday from one of our listeners that uh, woke up, garage door wouldn't open, called y'all, and you were out there uh, same day getting it repaired. So when that garage door, you're leaving your house, and let's say uh, this first example, it doesn't open. Not everybody can just stop everything. You know, you've got appointments, you got work, you got th things to get to. How do we get out, get the door closed, and get to whatever commitment we have that day without <clears throat> leaving the garage door wide open? Well, you might be able to tell by our company name, Same Day Garage <laughs> Door Services, that we that's our goal. And uh, you just call us, and we'll get you in the schedule, get you get out there. But to get the homeowner, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, in my garage right now. It's stuck. Door's not opening, and I've got to be somewhere in 30 minutes. Like we talked about before, those springs that break, they do the heavy lifting. 
Uh, so I would not recommend to cus- uh, listeners out there to try to lift that door themselves. You know, if you have a couple of strong people that could lift it, you might be able to lift it open and get out. But most of the time, when you try to lift that, if the, if the spring is broken, the cables could also be off. You lift that door up, it's going to make it go cockeyed and get you in a whole bunch more trouble. Uh, the best thing to do, honestly, is to call Uber if you need to get somewhere. <laughs> we actually have recorded a live phone call to this show dated to about 1995. Two men in Paradise Valley working in their garage locked the door going into the house. The garage door wouldn't lift up. They called the show wanting to know how do, how do we get out of this garage? What'd you tell them? Oh, hey. man. Well, fortunately, one of them was tall enough to reach the the little red cord that was hanging down from the garage door. And okay. They were able to get out, but nobody was inside to unlock the garage door. Uh, and I cannot remember what was wrong. Oh, well, the deadbolt, the uh, double-cylinder deadbolt on the man door was locked. They didn't have a key in the garage to get back in the house or out the garage door. They were, they were stuck in there. And it was the middle of the summer. It was pretty hot. Oh, it gets warm in those garages. <laughs> it really does. But that was uh, I, the, the fortunately they had a transistor radio. They were listening at the show, and they did have a cell phone, so they were able to call us. So we were able to set them free. So it doesn't open. Lock the inside. Call Uber. Get to your appointment or whatever commitment you have. Right. In some cases, we can get there within the hour, but most of the time, uh, you know, you're you're getting ready to leave for work. Um, most of our technicians are already booked for that first time slot of the day, so it might be a, an hour or two before we're able to get out there. Now, let's say the door opens, I back out, I hit close, <laughs> and I'm sitting there waiting for it to make sure it goes all the way to the ground before I exit. Uh, but it won't close. It won't close. Uh, take that little bucket that's blocking your safety beam and push it back inside the house. Uh, yeah, a lot of times if the door is going down and then reverses back up, that'll be an indication that there's something blocking what's called the sensors, the little itty-bitty things in the corner of the garage door. And um, you'd be amazed how many calls we get like that where it's just a a broom or a bucket that's just blocking the uh, sensor. Now, how do you tell the sensors are reading each other? Because it's also something very easily to kick or get bumped. That's brand-specific. There's different colored indicator lights on, on, on them. But generally, if... You have two lights, and they don't have to be the same color, but if they're solid, not flashing or blinking or turned off, you most likely have a good connection, and your door is going to close properly. Uh, if they're flashing or you know, some some way blinking, then, then you probably have an obstruction of some sort or a misalignment. Now, how often, you said a broom or a bucket or something's, you know, kind of, how often is it just the sun? Because of the time of year and the alignment of the door, and that sun's just so much brighter than the other beams sending it at signal that it washes it out. When the motors are new, not very often, but as they age, uh, you know, the, the, sen- the, the sensors become a little bit more susceptible to interference. So uh, with older motors, probably half the time, it's simple, slight misalignment or excess light from the sun. A lot of times just putting new safety sensors on will solve that problem. And what I've done in the past is I'll just get out, I'll stand where I'm, shadowing the sensor on the outside hit the button again let it go down that works one thing we've also told people is you take the cardboard tube from like a paper towel or toilet paper roll and tape it over it so it acts as a a blocker it zoot narrows in the 
or it blocks out the opportunity for the light beam from the sun to come in and penetrate it. Yeah, that works as long as they're pointing at each other, Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, Another way to close the door, if uh, let's say your cat chews the wire and now you have no connection, uh, you can, in most cases, hold the wall button down as the door is closing. Uh, after after looking to make sure nothing's in the way, you hold the button down until the door stops moving, it will close. Then you can leave through the front door of the house. Now, you mentioned cat. That's one of the things I wanted to Uh-oh. address because <laughs> I had a friend in high school whose dad moved the sensors up off the ground to about two feet because there was some neighborhood cat that he'd close the garage door, go inside, and as the door's coming down, the cat would run in trip the sensor, go up, and he'd come out in the morning, and his garage door's still open. Now, thankfully, nothing was ever ripped off or stolen, but it happened enough times that he just tricked the cat, moved the sensors up, so uh-huh. that as it would run in the garage door, it was underneath where the light sensors are. What By code, what are those supposed to be Yeah, at? there's actually a law we have to follow, <laughs> um, and the code is UL325. Uh, it, it prevents people from getting hurt or entrapped under a garage door. Uh, the safety sensors have to be at six inches or below in order to protect a human being above all else. And I know it will depend on manufacturer or age of unit, but there's also another safety feature where if the garage feels pressure coming mm-hmm. down, uh, it'll go back up. At, at what type of pressure will it then reverse itself? And Normally... I can hold my arm out, and it'll press against my arm, and that's enough resistance to send the door back the other way. The motors have that much sensitivity to feedback. Now, if your door is damaged or or weak, uh, it's kind of like pushing a rope. That door comes down, touches the obstacle, and it will flex out of the way. There's there's nothing to do at that point but replace the door. You need something that's solid there. There's a common test that uh, inspectors use where they just put a 2x4 on the floor and let the door close on that 2x4 and it should reverse the door. If it doesn't reverse on that two by four, the four settings are turned up too much and will have to be adjusted. How could people start taking a look at garage doors to play with the idea of changing the, the curb appeal in the front of their house? Well, I mean, a lot of it is curb appeal. A lot of it is uh, uh, economy, uh, keeping your power bills down by maybe getting an insulated door and having uh, a slightly cooler garage door throughout the summer. Especially now, because I'll tell you what, we're, we're doing more uh, mini-split systems in the, in the garage than we've ever done. Uh, we started putting evap coolers in houses 25 years ago, and whenever I would do that for someone, they would never live in a house that wasn't, at the very least, evap cooled. And now, mini-splits are so much cheaper to run and so much more comfortable, and they don't rust your tools, uh, right. that it's full mini-splits. But you wouldn't want to do that with a single layer steel door west facing not at all <laughs> it's like having a radiator on the side of your it house it is it is yeah, i remember working one time in a garage facing the sun and as i was walking to one side of it my arm you know moved up against the skin ah. of the metal and basically burnt my arm it was that hot so we definitely recommend going to an insulated door i don't think we've mentioned yet today how homeowners can get a hold of y'all well, the best way is to call us uh, 480-750-7975. Uh, we have people manning the phones uh, till 7 o'clock every day. Okay. And you can leave us a voicemail after hours, and we'll call you back the next day for sure. Well, that's great. And the number one more time? 480-750-7975.
It's Peter and Chris Brown, the owners of Same Day Garage Service. We're really excited about bringing y'all on board. Um, and we ought to talk, you know, we're, we're being heard across a big part of the state. You, we might want to mention your service area. <laughs> yeah. Primarily, we're located in the East Valley. Okay. where I got my start. Okay. We are slowly branching out to other areas of the valley. Um, you know, if listeners of the station calling in, they're on the west side. We're not going to not go to their service air, uh, to help them out. Uh, we might just have to schedule at a time that works. Okay. But pretty much, uh, you know, 90% of our business right now is in the East Valley, Scottsdale, Chandler, Tempe, Mesa. And we haven't talked about the different products a wood door, a wood door, a garage door can be made of the mm-hmm. wood, uh, fiberglass, the steel, the textured steel, whatever. We might talk a little bit about the different materials when we come back right after this with the guys from Same Day Garage Door Service. Back at Rosie on the House where we're talking about the overhead garage door at your home. With Peter and Chris Brown, owners of Same Day Garage Door Service. Let's talk a little bit about the different door materials and construction. Well, a lot of people think garage doors are made out of aluminum because it looks like a little bit of tinfoil. Right. Uh, But Arizona is a dry climate. It's a steel market. So most garage doors in Arizona are made of steel, Uh, either a single layer of steel or an insulated door with some foam stuffed in it or a, a better high-quality steel back door where they actually build the door first and then inject some really high-density polyurethane foam in there to cut the heat out of your house. That can make a big difference on how the inside of that garage feels. Oh, in my house, it made a 15 to 20-degree difference from one year to the next. Absolutely. Okay, and so how about the different looks I can get? I, I, want, I want wood, but I don't want the maintenance. I want hardware on there to make it look like uh, there's an... There's, a, there's an old carriage back there, not a right. car. You yeah. Know? So I want a carriage house, wood grain, black hardware type door. How, where do I go to try and find that? There's an option for that for every budget. You've got doors that are simply uh, printed with wood grain printing on the outside. So it, it, and you can put magnetic handles on there so you're not drilling through your very expensive door and okay. cutting the insulation. All right. um, there's, there's doors that actually have a raised overlay on them. Uh, you know, the overlays aren't steel, so you'll have to use real hardware to screws into the door. But you can get any look you like. I love that. And when when y'all go out to a house, y'all can actually cross-image the actual house, right? Talk about that. Yeah, as long as we have a good picture of your house, we can we can superimpose an image of a, a door that, that you that might That door suspect. that I want. Yeah. You can take a picture of my house and put that door on. Say, Absolutely. Well, this is what it looks like brown. And this then, is where it looks like blue. Then you can take it back to your boss and get approval, and then we can we can move forward with it. Got it. All right. How would people get a hold of y'all? Let, we haven't had a. Uh, uh, let's let's give that phone number. Oh, uh, once again, we nice get nice and slow. Four eight zero seven five zero seven nine seven five. And the website. And the website is samedaygaragedoorservices.com. Okay, you brought an overhead spring in, and you brought a couple cans of lubricant. Let's talk about. Um, uh, you brought in WD-40. You know, I, I, I make the joke all the time. I think my oh, grandfather gosh. used that for cologne. He yeah. put it on everything. He but did. Talk about what a homeowner can do about their own maintenance of their garage door. You know, we lubric- talked a lot about what not to do. What's right. one thing they can do? A homeowner could do one thing. It would be to lubricate the door, you know, once every six months. 
There was actually an industry study that was done that showed that lubrication of the spring and the door system can actually extend the life of that spring system up to 40%. Now, significant. what am I lubricating? Because at the beginning of the hour, you said, don't put it on the rollers or track. So what am right. I physically so lubricating? You, you want to hit any point of metal to metal contact. So you've got hinges on the doors. Uh, they have a, a little shackle that moves. You want to lubricate the hinge. Um, modern garage doors have these torsion springs. They twist up to lift the door. Each one of these coils is rubbing against each other. You want to lubricate the spring, which is normally above the door. And what are we going to lubricate that with? Well, you don't want to use your grandfather's <laughs> WD-40. Uh, that's good stuff, but we don't like it. Yeah, it has its um, purpose, but that's not for this. That's right. Uh, the industry standard is either white lithium grease or uh, clear silicone lubricant. Uh, both are good in Arizona. Neither is going to collect a lot of dust. Uh, both are going to stay on the door and allow those parts to stay lubricated as it goes. And that's simple as just taking a step stool out to the garage door with the door closed. You'll see the torsion spring run horizontally mm -hmm. right about the header of the of the opening. Right above the and door. And you just one slight, light little cover coat. I would yeah. coat it, the spring fairly good. Okay. And then go to each hinge, lubricate the, the joint on the hinge. Okay. And then all with this product. All with the same product. Okay. And then... Although you don't lubricate the wheel, what you can lubricate is the shaft of the roller because that is another metal-to-metal -metal point where it, where it slides through the hinge. So you want to lube that as well. Right. And, that, and that's where your little red straw <laughs> comes in because you'll have to stick it in the side of the hinge to get that shaft lubricated. Now, do you ever do it while the garage door is moving on the spring or no. do it static? You always want to do it when the door's down. That way you're not spraying up in the air and getting, getting a splash back in your face or your eyes. You want to stay safe. There you go. Handyman tips from the pros on what a homeowner can do to maintain and service their own overhead garage door. All hour, we talked about things y'all shouldn't do. There's a great tip that you can do, and especially under the encouragement that it could extend the life of the spring by 40%. That's pretty significant. This is done how often? I would recommend once every six months at least. Okay. Very good. And that big can that you've got there, how many times? Will that last me two years if I'm doing it every six months? This will last you a decade. Okay. <laughs> but you have to get it. <laughs> so you don't need to overdo it. Right. Uh, it, service tech will go through a can a week, but you'll, uh, you'll get a long life out of one can. Pete and Chris Brown, Same Day Garage Door Services. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning here with us at Rosie on the House. And a homeowner now should know everything that they need to know about their garage door. And they can always reach you guys uh, in the garage door category at rosieonthehouse.com.